Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. And those of you who were with us a few weeks ago heard a couple of great interviews with Deborah Westbrook. And I was so excited about something she said that I asked her if she'd come back and and do a couple of more with us. And so I won't give your introduction or your bio again because people know that. But Deborah, welcome back. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Paul. And again, I'm really honored because you're giving me the opportunity to just express my heart and how this stuff has changed my life so I can talk about quantum in a real relationship way. That's not just a nebulous science. It is a kingdom concepts and principles that will just radically change your life if you let it. It is indeed. And, you know, what I'm all about is helping people hear from God themselves because that's what changed my life. I learned from teachers. I learned from reading books. I I learned from hearing messages and stuff. But what's changed my life is hearing from God directly speaking to me in various forms. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about hearing in kind of a unique way. So, Deborah, I'm just going to turn you loose and tell us what God's been showing you. Yeah, hearing is something that people struggle with all my life in and out of the church. People just do not believe they can hear God or they have a fear of hearing God. That's all linked to sound. It's a fascinating field of study, but I've listened to messages that people give 10 steps to hearing from the Lord. And there's really a really simple thing that helps and it's intimacy. You know the sound of your friends, your father, your family, the more time you spend with them. You tend not to doubt. So in meditation, in times of just spending time in in silence, that enables you to gain a confidence to hear from the Lord. It's really that simple. And it doesn't come by anything you do. God loves to talk to us. He loves to reveal awe and wonder about nature. And I think in these coming days, what God If I could boldly say what I believe that the Lord is showing me, he wants to expand our focus outward to really get out of that myopic vision of what Christianity is about and really move us out into culture, into nature, and reveal himself in glorious ways that make us just stand in awe of him. And when we are in awe of this beautiful God, then we know we are his creative expression. So when I was thinking about today and I was thinking about hearing and sound, Some of the verses that really captured my attention was when Jesus said, the words that I speak, their spirit, their truth, their life, their love, and they're they're a sound. And so people say, how do I hear that sound? What can I do that have my words hold that same power? Jesus's power came from intimacy with the Father. I only do what I see the Father doing. So again, it boils down to intimacy. If you want powerful words, You're going to do a lot of what Proverbs says. You're going to be still. You're going to wait in wisdom. You're going to know when to speak and when to be silent. And we all blow it. 
So I think that we have to release our view of perfection and just enter into this ongoing creative relationship with the Lord of a back and forth dialogue. So when I was thinking of all that and how it ties in with quantum, I discovered, I even wrote some notes, and this is a little bit of my journey into sound because I was fascinated with sound. And when we used to move in the prophetic and the charismatic circles, when God started letting me hear things that, you know, you had a question, like, what was that? And like, if you wake up and you hear a door slamming or you're walking around and you hear water flowing and you're like, okay, where's that coming from? There's no water, there's no doors. And I began to kind of investigate what are these sounds? Like not only God's voice, but how is he showing us his kingdom through sounds? And one thing led to another, and you'll like this because it's going to go a little into music and you know more than I do about the composition and the construction of music. But I also began to see, because I like culture, that as I looked at the United States, I saw how sounds influenced cities. In Detroit, you had R&B. It formed a whole culture. In Chicago, you had the blues. In Nashville, you had country. In San Francisco, you had the culture of rock and roll. So I saw how prevalent sound was that changed the course of cultures and changed the course of how we think. So I think that when you correlate sound with quantum, we have the ability to study these quantum principles and restructure the universe by what we say from what we hear. And so that's like just a broad knowledge because there's so much to talk about this. But I want to talk about one thing, and it's called string theory. But I have to look at my notes because I'm going to make quantum real to you. And then it'll have a practical application. But give me about a minute to talk about what string theory is. The universe is made up minute quanta packets of energy. And their strings are like elastic rubber bands. And these strings vibrate. They produce a supernatural sound. That's why God says he sings over creation. That's why God says the rocks will cry out. That's why God says the voice of the Lord is over the water. That's why the Lord says all creation praises me. Because the essence of that creation has these vibrating strings of energy in which God designed quantum, and those strings vibrate. They're always vibrating, producing a frequency. But what's more fascinating, they're not just mundane in one sound. The number of the strings in whatever God is creating will vibrate and move according to how God has created it. So it's like this massive symphony in all of the universe where God is orchestrating, this is how this vibrates, and this is how this vibrates. And then we look at us and we say, God, is that possible in my life? Well, yes. Because we are energy inside, all of our organs speak through us and frequency vibrate. So we are the creative expression of God. That is why it's so important to hear his sound and hear his voice so that what we declare restructures our own universe or our own reality. Make sense? Yeah, yeah. Now, I've had a little experience with quantum, and as you know, I'm not a scientist, but I've been studying this. I've been in Steve McVeigh's group for quantum spirituality and uh, read some books and things that he's talked about. So I have a basic understanding of what you're saying, and I'm fascinated with it. Well, it shows the uniqueness and the creativity of God. If he is able, as he holds everything together in Christ, God is not one note. 
Universe means one song. So God is not one note. So what is he singing over us? It's finished. He's singing. This may take some people way out there, but I see the fact that on the cross, when Jesus verbally said, it is finished, that sound restructured all of creation and all of the universe in the substance of his love. And he is waiting to reveal to us this beautiful reality of Christ within and being our creative expression in Christ. So I know that's a deep topic for some people, but I think it's time we start really thinking about things like that and start saying, how has his sound, how has the study of his word, how has the relationship we have with the living Christ within caused us, living us, breathing us to be his sound so that we restructure society and culture? It is not dictated by the demands of anybody else. Christ within, we can restructure the energy of the quantum realm and bring forth that substance of love and see people's lives changed, changed by the love of God. Wow. Well, that's pretty amazing. I had never thought of when he said, I know words have power. I've thought about that and taught about that, but I I never thought the fact that when he said it is finished, those words actually finished everything and changed everything. I would guess that is what Paul was talking about in Second Corinthians 5 when he said God was in Christ reconciling the entire world to us, not counting our sins against us. So verse 17, so now we are all new creations. The old is gone. The new is here. And those powerful words that he spoke were the instrument, in fact, that brought that about. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, because words have energy. Words are not nebulous. Words have energy to change people. They have the power to wound. They have the power to destroy. Words can set fires, can start wars. That's the So I think we deny the reality of actually doing what Paul said was to think on that which is good, that which is kind, that which is noble. Because if we think as a man thinks, so he is. And at the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we have to be very careful. We're not caught up in a negative energy that is constantly changing our structure to where our thoughts then are negative. And we're flowing in that negative. We're speaking negative things. We have to be counterintuitive to the culture at large. We have to be different. Even though we see all this negativity happen, We have to be positive. Why? Because God is great and he is good. So even though it challenges us, we have to individually make an intention that we are going to focus on the voice of the Lord first for our lives. Then the overflow, we can listen. I'm a believer that sometimes we listen to too much. Sometimes I think it will dilute what we're believing. We have to find that place of intimacy with the Father, that He speaks to us directly and shows us who we are. And then we can add other things to it. But if we are not careful, we absorb too much of what other people's sounds are without knowing who we are. And then we really don't know who we are. What does the Father think about us? What does He say to us? How are we different? Those words, I think they blow people away. Those words of love that go into the deepest part of our being that only he knows that just totally rearrange our lives, cellularly rearrange our lives. Yeah, that's beautiful. So, for example, if we hear someone saying, you're worthless, you're no good, you always done that, you'll never change or whatever. 
But then we hear God saying, no, that's not true. You have infinite value. I created you in my image and my likeness. And then what makes the difference in which one of those we give weight to, that we give credit to? The source. Because you see, if you're so focused on everything in the natural, you're producing a natural sound. And never has a natural sound changed things. Any form of creative change comes from the eternal realm, and that's even in quantum. People that don't even believe in any God believe in that because they see the energy will change the dimension. It will change the atmosphere. So when someone is speaking from their woundedness, their projection, they're speaking it onto you. They're they're speaking it from a place of their own natural understanding. That's why Jesus was able to walk and see the change in people, look directly into their hearts. And the words, that's why he said, I only do what I see the Father doing. I'm listening. I'm one. And I don't think that's calling us to perfection, like we have to always get it right. I think that's calling us to an unfolding of this life of Christ moving through us. So Jesus spoke that which is eternal. And words that are eternal are a supernatural sound as opposed to an earthly sound. And I think if we are all honest with ourselves, we've wondered why, when we've sat in meetings, words fall flat. Why does it seem they're not effervescent? They're not flowing with life. And yet we sit, we sit, and we listen, and those words are not penetrating the depth of our hearts to change us. But words that have energy, that have power, that are filled with love, They literally leave your mouth and that energy will form a resonance, a shaking. I'll give you an example. I don't believe in every prophetic word that was spoken over my life. We've all made mistakes over the years. But I do remember this one time I was in a meeting and this was 20 years ago. And I went forward for an altar call and I liked the gentleman that was preaching. I trusted him. He had a heart of humility, great grace. And he came over and he prayed over me. And those words, Very simple, nothing profound, but they were filled with life. They were a supernatural sound from God's heart. They went into me and they literally shook and rearranged all these cracks that were in my foundation. And to this day, it was like an electrical charge. And from that point forward, I saw the power of words and I failed miserably at it because I was also very negative at times and God kept directing my attention. Be careful what you speak. Those words changed me. So I think it's very powerful now to be very aware in a world where there's massive noise, everybody's talking and no one seems to be listening, to be very careful that we weigh our words carefully and speak. Yeah. So what helps you when you think about weighing your words carefully? What filter do you use to come up with what you are going to say? It's always the love of God. And it's this grace, beautiful message of inclusion. When Paul says, see no man after the flesh, that also changed my life. It like resonated. It changed my vision. It physically changed me because I saw love pouring out to people that I totally disagreed with. That wasn't worth the argument anymore. So the filter is that God loves everyone. All are included in Christ. Not all are awakened. And I try my best not to see people after the flesh and see what can I do to change their day by just one word that I speak. So love is the filter, but I don't think it's a feely good, ushy, gushy emotional love. I think it's a true awareness of how his love has changed me. 
And then I can see humanity wrapped up in the love of God. So that like, it's always the filter of love. And I think that's almost cliche, but it is. It's the filter of his love in our hearts. Well, I agree. And I just been thinking uh, the Bible verse that probably more people know than anything else, John three sixteen. God so loved the entire cosmos that he gave his son, Jesus. God is love. Jesus is love. Jesus is the gift. The gift is love, pure love, which lives in us and flows through us and flows as us, or like a, a conduit, not a container, and the energy, if you will, the, the energy of love, which is God himself, it heals, it encourages, it motivates, it inspires, it does all of those things. Yeah, and I think that because I believe words have energy, because it all relates back to how God even declared the existence of everything we see when he spoke. So those words were a supernatural sound that were energized by the Holy Spirit, that Christ holds the world together. But what keeps it running? What keeps it going in this energy? It's the Spirit of God that is animating it. So when I see a word, I see maybe the distortion in a person. Where are they off inside? Maybe we could relate to it. What lie do they believe? And when you see that word as an energy, you see it going into the person. And it could be very simple. It's not the words, because I've seen very simple words. It's not these profound revelations. I've seen people change by just telling them God loves them. So you say that and it rearranges their life. That is so beautifully quantum scientific because words have power and words have energy. So I see it change and rearrange their life and then it changes me. And I think that people, they need us to speak that. And so we need to see what's important right now. And I think it's about people. I don't think it's about governments. I don't think it's about the chaos of the world. God's looking at people, people that are hurting. And I think if we live in an exciting time to speak this right now. We do indeed, Deborah. And by the same token, conversely, when we speak lies about God, when we tell somebody God's disappointed in you, God can't stand you, but if you say the magic words, then you'll be covered with the blood and God doesn't love you, but he loves the blood. Those words are utterly destructive. They're not life-giving, and that's because they're not true. So part of what God has laid on my heart is to help people realize when they hear those things, that's not true. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to take those thoughts. I'm not going to let that negative energy affect me. And you can see it. I mean, because spiritual sight accompanies spiritual vision. Because when Jesus said, I only see what I do the Father doing, and I don't have the verse right before me, but when Habakkuk said, I'm standing on the wall listening are seeing what I'm listening to or listening to what I'm seeing. And so he's combined spiritual vision with spiritual hearing. So they kind of go hand in hand together, like even a baby. At 18 weeks of gestation or when they're in, they're already resonating with sounds. That's how beautiful life is. And the power of our sound, I read something interesting where it said the power of our sound comes from breath. I mean, that preaches, <laughs> that in and of itself. So those sounds are in us. They're percolating, they're resonating, and they're forming our substance. So we have to be careful that what we speak, it comes from within us, not because it's something we've learned. And that comes from intimacy. So if I'm going to speak 
in the power of the spirit, and I'm going to speak with words that have energy, they're going to come from that place within me where they're forming. Then when I breathe those words made in the image and likeness of God, I'm breathing the power of those words. I have to believe it. And that's true. You know, we use that positively, but that's why negative words. And if you're worthless or shamed, those words, that trauma is lodging in you. And this is a whole new field for me. I'm trying to see the quantum overflow, what I'm reading, what I'm studying. If it can't help people, I don't want it to be just a concept. I want to see what I'm studying about quantum, what I'm studying about energy. How is it changing my life so that I could see lives changed? Because otherwise, it just becomes stuck in our head, and it's a new topic, and I don't want it to be that. I want to see people's lives change through this, because I see my life changing through this. Well, me too. And Deborah, our time is up, but let's talk about that in the next session, about how it does affect us and how it does affect other people. And your connection with God, your intimacy with Him, uh, just shines through you. It radiates through your countenance and through your voice. And gosh, you really are helping people and more and more all the time. And so I'm grateful for you taking the time to share that with us today. It's an honor. It's changing me as I'm speaking. It is truly changing me every time I get to speak this. Thank you. Well, the words have life. They have power. So when we hear ourselves saying uh, powerful things, it does energize. It's, it's like the preacher who said, I just preach myself happy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, Deborah, thanks again. Tell people how they can connect with you before we finish. Facebook is Deborah Westbrook or Deborah Ann Westbrook. And Tuesdays at four o'clock, Facebook Live, there's a YouTube channel. Uh, you can connect with it, um, Deborah Westbrook. And I'm always going to stick to quantum overflow. I believe now that's my purpose. Why am I doing this? And how can I help you see? You're so much more than what you believe you are. And it's starting in me first. So the joy you see is because I'm coming into that revelation. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thanks again. And we'll take a break. And then people, a week after they hear this, will hear our next message, which I'm looking forward to right now. Thank you. <laughs> all right. So thanks, Deborah. Thanks, everybody, for being with us for another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.